The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. When you hear the word Jonah connected with the scriptures, what first comes to mind? That experience where he was swallowed by that great fish. But now you're thinking, okay, that's, that's a story from the scriptures, but how does that relate to me? I mean, what's the probability that I'm going to be swallowed by a great fish? Probably not likely. But what is likely is you might do the same thing that resulted in him being thrown into or swallowed by that great fish. Do you know why he was swallowed by the great fish? And not just because he fell off the boat. (laughs) The reason is, and I'll reveal that in a minute, is something that we all do too. And therefore, today we're going to look at Jonah as a real person in Scripture and see that his life is real just like our life. And we'll hear about our real God. Now, the reason Jonah was swallowed by that great fish is because he had a bad attitude. Have you ever had a bad attitude? Oh, sure. Something doesn't go right, and then you complain. Or you get crabby or grumpy. Things don't go your way, and you're not satisfied, and so you start to criticize. See, all sorts of reasons why we get a bad attitude. Have you ever had a bad attitude toward God? Jonah did. And that's what we want to look at today, to see how sometimes we too have that bad attitude. But the focus of our message is on this, that it's time to come back to God. Now, when we say it's time to come back to God, it must mean that we have moved away from God. And in fact, like Jonah, we want to answer this question. Are you running away from God? And we might wonder, why would we run away from him? Oh, we have our reasons and our ways of doing it. So let's take a look at Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. The reason Jonah ran away reveals something that maybe we have in our bad attitude toward God, and that is sometimes God asks us to do things we don't want to do or we don't like to do. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. God spoke to him directly. God doesn't speak directly to us, but he does speak to us indirectly through the scriptures. And so we know what God wants us to do. And maybe like Jonah, there's times we just don't want to do it. We don't like to do what he's asking us to do. Now, the Lord asked Jonah to go and preach against the city of Nineveh. Nineveh was about 600 miles to the north in the area today we call Iraq, about 60 miles north of Baghdad. It was the capital city of Assyria. Assyria was one of the 
um, aggressive nations in the area during that time. In other words, they were very warlike, and in fact, they were an enemy against Israel, and in about another hundred years or so, they would wipe out Israel. So maybe Jonah is afraid to go up there because it's just too dangerous. In fact, you heard what the Lord said. Because their wickedness has come up before me. The Hebrew actually says, it has risen up before me. It got so bad that God could not ignore it. Nahum was another prophet during this time. And he said, the Lord is patient. But this time he's had enough with Nineveh. And God is asking Jonah to go and preach against that great city. That was maybe a little bit too uncomfortable. And maybe dangerous, because Nineveh was a very wicked city. The descriptions of it are it's very violent. Just as we might be afraid sometimes to go to certain neighborhoods or certain cities in our country because they're violent. That's what Jonah maybe was feeling. Or maybe he just didn't want to go because it was too arduous of a task. You know, 600 miles away? I mean, that would take us a whole day if we were driving. He didn't drive. He'd have to walk. That was probably a difficult journey to make. Now, I don't want to do that, Lord. Or maybe he didn't want to go just because that city was idolatrous. They worshiped many other gods, not the true God. And maybe he felt they don't deserve to have God's word, and it's just too dangerous to go. They're not going to listen to me because they have all these other gods. Whatever the reason was, he didn't want to go because it was something he didn't want to do. And sometimes we have that same bad attitude. We know what God wants us to do, and we don't want to do it. We don't like to do that. Another reason maybe he didn't want to go is because he was disagreeing with God's will. You see, Jonah was a preacher, and he knew the power of God's word. He knew it could change lives. And maybe he didn't want to see their lives changed. Maybe he wanted them to suffer, to be punished by God. Because he knew if he went up there and preached, as we'll hear about in another message, their lives would be changed. He was disagreeing with God's will. And sometimes we do that too. We know what God wants, and we just don't agree with it. And don't want that to happen. So how do you know if you have that bad attitude? How do you know if you are running away from God? Well, let's check your attitude with your actions. What is it that we do when we're running away, or that would qualify to say we're running away from God? Let's check out Jonah. Jonah ran away from the Lord, and he headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. I guess he's pretty determined to get away from God, because here's what he's doing. Look at the map. He's there in that uh, city in the middle there, uh, Geth Hefer, Nineveh, about 600 miles to the north. Instead, he goes in the opposite direction, 
60 miles to Joppa. That'd take about three days to get there. But that wasn't the end of his journey. He wants to go to Tarshish in the area we call Spain, which for them was probably like the end of the earth. The farthest way I can, farthest point I can go to get away. And he goes to Joppa, he finds a ship, he pays the fare, and off he goes. How do you know if you're running away from God? Are you intentionally going the opposite direction? Doing just the opposite of what you want, God wants you to do. Intentionally, knowing full well. That's not what you're to do. Now, the Hebrew actually says he's not just running from the Lord, but he's running from the presence of the Lord. As we're going to hear in a little bit, Jonah's going to confess, you can't run away from God's presence because he's everywhere. We know that. So what does it mean then that he's running from the presence of the Lord? That is, he's running from God's will. He's running away from what God clearly wants him to do, knowingly and purposefully. And look what happens now. He thinks things are probably just working out fine, right? i got to get as far away as possible. I'm going to go to Tarshish. He goes to Joppa and just happens to find a boat that's ready to go. He just happens to have enough money to pay the fare. And he gets on the boat and off he goes. And he's probably thinking, it's all working out. No foul, no harm which is really no harm, therefore no foul. It's okay. I'm getting away with it. I'm not going to get caught or face the consequences. You ever felt that way? You're going in the opposite direction, and you're getting away with it. No harm, no foul. But watch out, because God loves to intervene in our lives. Now, when I say watch out, I don't mean that from the aspect of, you better be afraid, God's going to get you. I mean, watch. Watch to see what God is going to do to intervene to turn you back. Look what he does with Jonah. Then the Lord sent, and the Hebrew word is, he hurled. He hurled a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break apart. God was intervening in a big way to turn Jonah back to him. Look. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. They all knew something bad was happening. They're in panic mode. What about Jonah? But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up. Call on your God. Maybe he will notice, take notice of us so that we will not perish. How do you know if you're running away from God? When you ignore God's warning. There's no way that Jonah did not know there was a big storm happening. And yet, he ignores it 
those heathen men on the ship, they're panicking. They're throwing things overboard. They're calling on their gods, but not Jonah. He's sleeping. Not just his body, but his conscience is sleeping too. I really don't care. You know what? Because I'm out of here. I don't have to do what God wants me to do. He's ignoring the warnings. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? That the wind and the waves are obeying God. And then even even a heathen captain is going to come and prick his conscience. He's obeying the promptings of God. But not Jonah, the preacher. He's ignoring God. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who's responsible for this calamity. And they cast lots. And the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who's responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What's your country? From what people are you? And Jonah answers, Well, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Nice testimony, but he certainly isn't living that life, is he? Not when he's disobeying God. Well, this terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. But what do you do when you recognize you're running away from the Lord? Look at what these sailors did. Well, the sea was getting rougher and rougher, and so they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Right? When you know you're doing something wrong, how do I fix it? Jonah says, pick me up and throw me into the sea, and it will become calm. I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Now, on the surface, that maybe sounds good, right? He's recognizing I'm at fault here. But he's really not repenting. He admits he's done something wrong. And now he just says, you know, throw me overboard. Let's just get this over with. Instead of turning back to God to repent and find forgiveness, he just says, kill me. Get rid of me. Throw me overboard. I've had it. Is that what you do when you find out you're wrong? God wants us to admit that we're wrong and to acknowledge what the consequences are for our wrong. Let's see what happens. Well, these men instead did their best to row back to land. Isn't that interesting? Instead of saying, okay, we'll throw you overboard. No, they had a regard for human life. But this prophet didn't have regard for the human and spiritual life of the people in Nineveh. And he wanted to run away instead. Well, they could not make it to shore, for the sea grew even wilder than before. And then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Don't hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. And then they took Jonah 
and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. You talk about a miracle. It wasn't that Jonah would be swallowed by a fish and spit out later on. Here's a miracle. God working to change the hearts of sinful beings. So what about you? Are you running away from God? Are there some things that you want to do that are in conflict with what God wants you to do? Does your will not match up with God's will? Is that evident in some of your actions? Maybe the words you use, the way you treat people. Are you dedicated to your marriage, to your spouse? Are you carrying out your responsibilities to your children, and not just that they're fed and clothed, because boy, would they nag you if they weren't, but also that you're taking care of them spiritually? And speaking of spiritually, are you following the Lord's will there for your life? Are you growing in your faith? Are you reliant on him? Are you trusting him? Are you faithfully worshiping him? Hearing this account of Jonah and thinking of those questions about ourself, you maybe feel some of the terror of God's law striking at your heart. Are you ready to turn back? That's what God wants you to do. To turn back and simply trust him. Trust that he's a God who wants you back, who takes you back, who forgives you. And then you'll see your life changed. Like the men on the ship. You'll be thanking God. So what is the book of Jonah all about? Is it really about a great fish? No. That great fish is only mentioned four times. Well, maybe it's about that great city of Nineveh. Could be. But it's only mentioned nine times. Ah. It's about this rebellious believer, this prophet who doesn't want to do what God wants to do. Yeah, that's true. He's mentioned 14 times. But the book of Jonah is about real life, our lives, but more importantly, about our real God. He's mentioned 38 times in these four chapters. And it's all about his will to save There's one more word I want to call your attention to in this book of Jonah. It's the very first word of the book, but it's not there in our English Bibles. It's the little word and. The Hebrew starts out with the word and. Now, it's probably not in our English translations because if you know your English grammar, it's not good to start your sentences with with and. My third grader told me that last year when he's writing an essay and he won't let me help him anymore with his English. And is a connecting word. What's it connecting to? It's the start of a book. It's connecting to everything that God does. It's connecting to all of, God, all of history, all of God's will, all of God's action in your life. It's telling you this is what God is about and it continues. So let's continue. Continue. 
Let's go on to hear the rest of the story. Now we're going to start with verse 17 of chapter 1 and then go into chapter 2, verse 1. But it's interesting to know that in the Hebrew Bible, our verse 17 is verse 1 of chapter 2. Because what it's telling us is, here's the new chapter. Here's the turn. Here's the new life. God is calling you back to him. Now, the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. A new chapter. It starts with recognizing, first of all, the desire of the Lord for us. Now, I pick that word desire, not just want. God wants you. No, God desires you. Because that word desire is a stronger word, isn't it? It speaks about the, the real guts, the, the inside movement and, and, and desires that we have. God really desires us. And he shows that by having pre-planned our lives. It said, now, the Lord provided a fish. The, the Hebrew word actually is designated. The Lord picked out and pre-planned that there would be this huge fish right there at the side of that boat where Jonah was going to be thrown out so that that fish would swallow him. It was no coincidence. It was God's timing to save Jonah. God has pre-planned our lives too. The Apostle Paul says this in Ephesians. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us. That is, he pre-planned our lives for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, his strong desire to save us. And not only did he pre-plan our lives, he has also prepared our salvation. Look, if you think Jonah was in a bad situation, we're not any better off. He was maybe surrounded by water and seaweed, as he's going to tell us. But we're surrounded by a lot of sin in this world, a lot of bad influence. And there's a very powerful being working against us, the devil, and he's got a super ally inside of us, our own weak, sinful nature. We need to be rescued. And God prepared that rescue plan for us. And then he carried it out. Now Jonah prays to the Lord. And, and look at the emphasis in this prayer on how he's acknowledging what God has done. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. And I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Did he think he was going to see the temple in Jerusalem from the middle of the sea? 
What's he talking about? I'll explain in a minute. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple, that is, to the very throne of God, to his presence. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But God doesn't turn away from us. God has delivered us. All those things that were happening, Jonah recognized this was the hand of the Lord, not to punish him, but to rescue him, to deliver him from death, from the judgment that was due him. Now let's make make no mistake. The Lord has told us about the judgment he has against us for sin. The soul that sins will die. That's real. But he has delivered us from that judgment. Death has been swallowed up, not by a great fish, but in the victory of Christ Jesus. Are you uncertain about God's judgment against sin? Just look at the cross. Because there you see the wrath of God against your sin poured out on his sinless son so that you won't experience it. You have forgiveness. The Lord has rescued you for eternal life. Just as Jonah was swallowed up by that fish and saved by the Lord, so we have been saved by one who is greater than Jonah, as Jesus himself referred to himself. Jesus even, um, Jesus even said, referring to this incident, the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Jesus said, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus' death and his resurrection has swallowed up our sin and our death and has given us new life. And so we can expect then that the Lord will now redirect our life just as he did Jonah who said, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. When we recognize we've been delivered from our own death sentence because of Jesus, our lives too will break out in words of thanksgiving to a gracious and merciful God. Not only will we show that thanksgiving with our words, but we'll live it as well. As Jonah, we will be ready to carry out that vow to do what God has asked us to do. Do you hear God's call to you? Don't wait for a big fish to swallow you. Don't wait for some big disaster to happen. Just listen to the call in his word who tells us we're running away from him. Now it's time to come back. Come back because he forgives. Come back because he saves us. Jonah proclaimed, salvation is of the Lord. 
And that word in Hebrew sounds like the word Yeshua, Jesus. Because in Jesus, the Lord forgives and saves. Are you running away from God? It's time to come back. Turn to him in repentance and faith. Know that you were forgiven. Be refreshed, renewed, and ready to do what he wants you to do. God help us. Amen.